Hi, beautiful beings. Welcome to the very first Soulful and Authentic podcast. This is episode one, and I'm Joanne Oswald Jones, your host. I'm so pleased to be here, so pleased to be connecting with all you beautiful, amazing people out there. And in all honesty, I couldn't be more excited because this show has been a long time coming and we're here. We're finally launching episode one today on Friday, the 21st of January, 2022. You know, it never ceases to amaze me how everything operates in accordance with the laws of divine timing. And I don't know about you gorgeous people, but I know that I've experienced feelings of frustration when I've had this great idea and I've wanted to launch a project and I've been pushing and pushing for something to happen. And for some reason, no matter what, that door remains firmly shut. And then suddenly, seemingly out of nowhere, it happens and the door flings wide open at the most perfect time. And this is what I feel about this show. It's the perfect time to be launching. We're at the start of a new year. And although it's been a tumultuous 20 months, and it may not seem it, I really believe there has never been a better time than to be here on this planet as we go through a shift in consciousness and move towards a new paradigm, a way of being which is for us all to step into our power and to take more responsibility for our lives a move towards being in collaboration with each other rather than competition and to really come from a place of love, strength and knowing rather than coming from a place of fear and constriction. This show is for all of us, me included. It's my intention to make this a space and a place where we can connect, where we can inspire each other and uplift each other and where we can really encourage each other to create the life that we desire and we deserve. We're going to dive and delve into what I call um, the six core principles and foundations that our lives are built upon. Because when we balance and pay deliberate attention to these principles with conscious thought and action, we can move mountains and we move beyond just surviving and we start to really thrive. Because, you know, that's what we're here to do. We're here to experience and we're here to grow and we're here to move beyond what we feel capable of because that is where the magic lies. We're going to talk about personal development and emotional healing, health and wellness. We're going to be looking at lifestyle practices, career and work, intimate relationships and money and wealth. The format of the shows will vary. Some will be me doing a solo episode, sharing some of my own experiences and teachings. We're going to have some incredible guests on the show who will be sharing their stories and insight and wisdom. And we want to hear from you too. Message me and let me know your story. Let us know how you're shining your light out there so that others can be inspired by you and shine their light too. Because it's all about the collaboration and the truth and authenticity. Today and next week's episode, I'm going to share with you my story. It's, um, it's personal and I feel a little exposed, but it's what's led me to where I am. It's um, why I became inspired to write Becoming a Soulful Woman and create the Soulful Woman series and how this path has helped me heal from feeling pretty worthless and broken into such a strong self-knowing in my own ability and potential and how right now this has become unshakable. So here we are today. This is it. It's all happening. And today's episode is called The Task Ahead is Never as Great as the Power Within. 
I've written about this in Becoming a Soulful Woman because this particular mantra gave me strength when I was actually going through one of the most challenging times of my life. So I thought it would be the perfect place for us to start. Are you ready? Here we go. I'm a former iridologist, a specialist in naturopathic health, healing and detoxification. I'm the founder of the Soulful Woman Authentic Lifestyle and the Soulful Woman book series. I graduated from the College of Herbs and Natural Healing, where I studied under the direction of Dr. Kitty Campion. She is just such an amazing woman. Um, She's a global specialist in natural health and healing and a pioneer in the field of natural medicine. I then went on and studied under the direction of um, John Andrews, who's known as the number one iridologist around the globe today. And he's actually a fifth time selling best author. He's a specialist in endocrinology and immunology. I studied really hard there and um, pleased to say I graduated with distinction. And then I went on to pursue my fascination for spiritual and emotional healing. And this is where my most extensive body of work and research has been done into the direct correlation between suppressed emotions and their physical manifestations. I've been a clinician in two of my own private practices in the field of self-help, personal development and the wellness industry for over the last 20 years. And I am so full of gratitude to have learned what I've learned and be on the path that I'm on, really full of gratitude. And above all of that, my most important job has been and still is to be the very best mum I can be to my two beautiful daughters. I chose this career path because I actually wanted to transform my own life. At the time, I felt there was something missing in my life, but I wasn't sure what. Um, And to the outside world, it's like I was fast tracking and living this this great life. I, I had a great job. I was competitive. I was overly driven. I worked hard. I was constantly promoted. And I, but I had no idea that I was so wrapped up in trying to prove to the world that I was a value. It's like I was seeking external validation from others and outside of myself. And I, and I didn't even really know it. Um, and although I was curious and I'd sort of believed in an emotional intelligence that is far greater than us, So whether you want to call that God or the universe, the divine or consciousness or even love, I tend to use the word the divine or consciousness. Um, I didn't really stop to think about it. It wasn't really on my radar at the time. So here I was being fooled by this fear driven society that we live in. And um, I was running a pattern, a pattern within me, which was based upon lack and scarcity I was looking at my life, my career and money through the eyes of a mere mortal perspective. So really looking at it from my ego and my ego was leading me to believe that we live in this world where there are limited resources and that there are only ever a few pieces of pie, which we all have to fight over. So if you think about it, it's such a disempowering way to live. It's a it's a really reductionist way to live and think. And it's no wonder that all I could see was competition and lack. And sadly, what this did was it reinforced my belief about myself, which was I was not worthy and that I was not of value. And I chose performance over self-care. So I drove myself harder and harder. I didn't look after myself and I certainly didn't value myself. And in fact, if I'm really honest, I treated myself appallingly. My focus was all external and, and outside of myself, outside of, my, outside of me. Thankfully, though, I, 
I don't know how this happened, but somehow during this phase, I began to feel um, an emptiness inside, a gnawing inside of me that wouldn't go away. And it, it, it sort of felt as though I was living a lie and that it wasn't the real me. It wasn't, it wasn't who I could be. It wasn't the authentic me. I know I wanted to feel centred and full of clarity and I needed to become a better version of myself. You know, thankfully, I listened to those feelings and that's when I retrained. I changed my career and I moved into the, to the realm of wellness, personal health, iridology, natural health and healing um, and personal development. So here I was experiencing this whole new authentic way of being. I was living this really meaningful life. I was learning so much about personal transformation, rejuvenation, how to thrive, and more importantly, actually, what I was really learning was to tap into my own personal power. And um, that was something I had never experienced before. And I was learning to trust in myself. So feeling really good, flying high. And then suddenly, as if out of nowhere, the wind was taken out of my sail and I was left facing my worst fear. Out of nowhere, my, my marriage was breaking down. And I couldn't seem to fix it. The distance between my now ex-husband and I uh, was becoming very noticeable. And I felt like a failure. Was this all my fault? Could I have been prettier? Could I have been more clever? Could I have been better in all senses of the word? I just, I just felt like a complete failure. And I was really struggling with these thoughts and emotions. And all I kept thinking was... We have to be expanded adults here. We we have to handle this with honesty and integrity. And we need to do the very best for our daughters. And their well-being was my priority. Um, so in a bid to try and be as level-headed and as calm as I could, whilst we were navigating this new territory, I vowed to myself that I would handle this, this, this whole thing we were going through in... A spiritually minded way as I possibly could. So here we were in this new territory and me trying to be as spiritually minded as I could be and we're having a conversation about a trial separation and my ex-husband said to me that the only way he or we could make this work financially was if he stayed in the family home and for me and our daughters to move out. I, yeah, I, I was shocked. I was, I, I, and I couldn't figure out how or why it should be this way because given that our agreement had been that I would be the main carer, the main homemaker and his support system, whilst I would then build and grow my business in and around our daughter's schedules. And I had opened my first private clinic and it was growing and doing well. Listen, it wasn't at this point at a significant stage of income, but it, it had potential and it was doing well. And the clinic was in the family home and it was just, it was, it was a perfect setup. So I remember sitting there with this knot in my stomach and feeling devastated because what was unfolding was a tone um, that hadn't, displayed itself before. So the tone of this situation and the territory we were in had changed and he made his position very clear. And I kept thinking to myself, it's just a house. The priority is to keep our daughters well, to keep them loved, to keep them stable. Um, you know, and so I, 
I sat there panicked, but, but thinking, I need to keep the peace. I need to keep the balance here. And so I decided um, to draw up a separation agreement, which was signed by both of us. Um, and the agreement was about respecting each other, keeping the children as a priority. And that whilst I was working from the family home, I wouldn't go up to the upstairs office and I wouldn't go into the master bedroom. And um, if I was at the family home with our daughters and they were upstairs playing or it was, you know, bath time or something, I would go upstairs to their bedrooms and their bathrooms, but I wouldn't go anywhere else. And that downstairs I could use the kitchen, the drawing room, my practice, etc. Because I really, really wanted to show some genuine respect for the situation and um, wanted to just hold the space for us all. So I found this gorgeous, gorgeous little cottage, which was a couple of miles away from the family home. And um, as hard as it was, the girls and I moved in there. Um, when the girls were with me, every morning I would drop them off at school and then I would drive to the family home to set up a clinic for the day and be ready for a day of work and, and clients. It was so hard. I, I felt lost. I felt like a failure. I was sad. Um, but I just knew I had to just keep digging deep and deep within myself and keep navigating this path that I was on, even though I had no idea where it was, where it was headed or where it was going. But I began to realise that I didn't actually know this other person. And I, I wondered if my whole marriage had been a manipulation because I started to experience game playing and lies and just a level of nastiness that just blew me away, just blew me away at times. Fast forwarding a few months, in fact, seven to be exact, um, one day after a pretty, pretty tough week, the, the week beforehand, the next bombshell landed. So um, it was a Monday morning. I had dropped our daughters off at school and headed over to the family house to um, set up for the day because I had clients booked in. And I was surprised to see my ex-husband was still at home. We were both in the kitchen chatting and he said to me that he was no longer able to financially support me or our daughters. And he left for work. After he left, I... <laughs> Uh, I felt sick to my stomach, uh, like everything became a blur. There was no, there was no long conversation between us. It was a, that was it. It was a short situation. And um, as if by magic, it's like the divine knew that I needed some time to gather myself and my phone rang and my appointments cancelled for the day. And I remember just being slumped on the floor crying and my head was throbbing and I was just thinking, how, how, how can this be happening? What, what am I to do? And something inside of me said, get up, pull yourself together, go for a run, go and sort this out. So this was a few hours later, I, I went out for a jog. And whilst I was out jogging, a friend's name popped into my head. And I've no idea why. But at this point, throughout this whole journey that was unfolding, I began to realise that when these intuitive thoughts popped into my mind, there were messages and that I was to follow the instructions. So I called her and I told her what had happened a few hours earlier and what happened in the morning and that um, I, I was devastated and not sure what I was going to do. And she said to me, you need to call this lawyer now, specialised specialized family lawyer, you need to call them. And you know, it was like dominoes effect. This lawyer happened to be available to have a to have a chat with me on the phone 
So we had a chat and I then arranged an appointment in his office. But his instructions were very clear to me and they were get you and your children back into the family home right now and do not tell your husband what you're intending on doing. Just do it. I put the phone down and I thought, how the heck am I going to do this? How, how am I going to manage this? I've got no money. Um, how am I going to pack up this cottage and move in one swoop without without him knowing? And again, as if it was like the dominoes effect. It's the only way I can describe it. It's as though everything was in alignment. I met a friend the next morning for coffee and um, she said, here you go, here's £250 go and find yourself a removal firm or a man with a van, someone that can help you. So another friend happened to um, mention this removal company that they used. And um, I called the removal company and I explained the situation. And I just asked, I said, please, please, can you help me? And you know what? They were so incredible. They, the owner of the company came over to the cottage. He gave me a quote. He said they would do everything. They would pack me up. They would deliver everything to the family home. They'd unload and pack me the unpack me the other end. And the quote came in, I think it was something at £750. And I gave them the 250 that I had. And um, they were so good. They just said, look, don't worry about the other 500 We just know you'll repay it and um, repay it as, as quickly as you can. Or, you know, we'll, we'll do a monthly installment or what have you. So, um, that's what we did. I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I then called the owners of the cottage and I explained to them that I needed to move immediately. Um, and I explained why. Um, they were so super kind and they said, just go, just go and get you and your daughters back home. And I said to them, but what about the rent? What about the tenancy agreement? And they said, look, don't worry about it. We'll sort it. Even if you have to pay for installments, we'll sort it out. We will put the cottage back on the market, but you just go and get yourself back home and we'll speak next week. On the Friday morning, um, I'm not quite sure what came over me, to be honest, because as we walked into the house and upstairs, I suddenly felt so strong. I felt like this warrior. And I said to the removal guys that we were going to remove everything of my ex-husband's into the guest suite and move me into the master bedroom. Um, and it was at this point that I discovered that he had moved on from me and our marriage, even though at this point divorce hadn't been discussed. So I'm pretty sure you can imagine the scene when my ex-husband arrived back home that evening. I simply said, I'm home. And he looked like thunder. I basically said, look, I just um, given now that I know you've moved on from our marriage. Could he just please give me the weekend to sort of gather myself? Um, and he did, actually. He he went away for the weekend. Over the weekend, I went upstairs to the upstairs office and I found eight months of unopened mail. I had a pit in my stomach as I started to open the mail and actually, I was actually um, sick because I discovered that my car insurance had been cancelled and I'd been driving around in the family car with our daughters for eight months without any insurance. Uh, the monthly car repayments had stopped and an arrangement had been made without me knowing to repossess the family car. Bills hadn't been paid. The mortgage hadn't been paid. Insurances hadn't been paid. There were late notice payments. There were court orders. There was pending legal action. And I found um, receipts for restaurants, for hotels, for weekends away, for flight tickets. Um, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. And 
something something didn't add up. There was something missing, but I couldn't see it and I couldn't see what it was. The deception that I was uncovering was just unbelievable. And I, I didn't know what to do, but on Monday morning, I began calling the creditors, the banks, the utility insur- utility companies and the insurance companies just to try and find if they could give me some backstory as to what had been going on and to ask for a few days to put some plans in place. So over that week, um, payment plans were set up and put in place, which were to be taken from our joint house and bill account. And this was agreed with me and by my ex-husband. And then the next bombshell landed, which was on the first of the month. His salary didn't land into the joint account and the payment plans collapsed. This was the start of me having to climb the biggest mountain yet. And for the next seven months, I lived on adrenaline. I felt as though I was starring in some sort of horror movie. Um, I experienced psychological abuse, um, a level of of fear that I hadn't experienced before. Um, And I remember one morning saying to my ex-husband, could I have some money to buy some food for the children I over the weekend? He was on his way out to play golf actually and he looked at me and he just said there is no money you earn you pay for them and it was at that point I knew I was truly on my own shortly after this I remember one day how I sat feeling completely numb totally numb to my core and I was so desperate looking for clarity and looking for answers and I found myself shuffling a pack of angel cards that I had and um, picked up this card and the words on the card said, music, listen to music. And I remember looking up at the heavens and shouting, music, really, as if that is going to solve my problems? Are you seriously asking me to listen to music? The last thing I thought I needed was to listen to music. Um, I did need to go out and get some fresh air and get out of the house and go for a walk and I got in the car and I switched on the engine and Heal Over by Katie Tunstall was playing. You know, it's so interesting because I have heard that song so many times, but this time it really spoke to me. And the words I heard were, sometimes life is hard. It's going to take time, but you'll just have to wait. You're going to be fine. But in the meantime, come over here, lady, and wipe your tears away. I stopped the car in disbelief. I looked up to the heavens and just said, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I knew within every fibre of my being that that was a message for me. And I knew I was going to be fine. I, I didn't know how and I didn't know when, but I knew I was going to get through this nightmare. But I also knew that I needed to develop and create some deeply nourishing and supportive practices so that when I was through the other side, my emotions and health would still be relatively intact and I could provide and support for my beautiful daughters in the best way possible. Little did I know what was coming around the corner was 10 times harder than what I'd just been through. And on that note, I think this is probably the perfect moment to end today's episode. But I want to leave you with this thought for anyone who is out there right now feeling out of their depth, feeling low or stressed, or as though they can't cope. You have so much power within you, and the task ahead is never as great as the power within.
So beautiful people, um, that's part of the story. The rest is next to come next week. I wish you a wonderful weekend. Please don't forget to subscribe and join me here on the Soulful and Authentic podcast next week. For now, much love. <laughs>